There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi. It's more popular than being French. See you in there. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. And we're back. It's me, Ashley Ray, with TV I Say, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, how have you been, TV Club? How are you doing, TV Club? I. It's been a really long time. It's been a really long time, I know. I know. And there's been a lot of TV. So I'm so happy. I'm so happy we're back. And not just that we're back, but we're back and bigger and better than ever on Earwolf. I'm part of the Earwolf family now, and I absolutely love it because it lets me bring you amazing guests, more people who make amazing TV, and it's so exciting. Like, like, come on, it's kind of worth the wait. It's kind of worth the wait, right? You're like, yeah, okay, it's, it's worth it. And it's also not like you have not been, you know, reading my every TV opinion on Twitter anyway. Come on. Like, yeah, come on. And, and, you know, I have the newsletter, so it... <laughs> I was giving you the watch list recommendations. I, I was giving you the thoughts, the opinions. You know, I was there for you. I was there for you. Maybe I would say the only person I let down, the only people I'd say I let down, the big leap. The big leap. Maybe, maybe if this podcast had been there to tell people about the big leap and made for love, those two, maybe, maybe if I'd been there for them, we would still have the big leap and made for love. But outside of that... I did my best to tell you about all of the amazing shows that were happening while I was gone. And now I'm back and I get to tell you about even more amazing shows. And you're going to get to hear from some great, great people. Uh, this episode, I have Phoebe Robinson, uh, whose Everything's Trash just premiered on Freeform. It's so funny. As you know, I am always fighting for Black girl messiness on TV. I also have Solomon Giorgio going through our watch list together. He's going to talk me through some of the, the bigger shows of the last week. Uh, and also, we're going to talk about my absolute favorite, Maggie, which debuted on Hulu. Uh, if you were following the newsletter, I recommended Maggie uh, the week, yeah, just one of the bad weeks. There were so many of them, but it is such a good show. And I'm so happy uh, that we get to talk to Solomon about it. Like, like I said, bigger, better than ever. We are back. I mean, I will, I will quickly address some of the shows people I feel like ask me about all the time. You know, and it, these are the ones that it's like, please get on the record, definitive. And, and I also, you know, I want to get these out there. Let me let me get these TV opinions out there. Yeah, let me do that one. Uh, let me do this. So if there are any shows that need saving that that already happened, I'm getting it out now. Um, what did I think of Gordita Chronicles? 
I loved it. I loved Gordita Chronicles so, so much. That little girl, I obviously we shouldn't do like an Emmys for children. Oh, uh, like, because that would be mean. Oh, it'd be horrible for, you know, a child's self-esteem. I think, you know, oof. and also even if they won, that'd be horrible. Who wants to oof, imagine the ego on that kid? But if we did it, she would win Best Comedic Actress at the Children's Emmys. Also, we're giving a Lifetime Achievement Award to the cast of Single Parents. But we don't have that. But anyway, Gordita Chronicles is so, so good. I loved it. I, I watched it all in one night. I really wish this show actually had been on ABC. I do think it is like a perfect next generation of what ABC was trying to do with Blackish, Mixedish. I think with Gordita Chronicles, you really see a new generation of sitcom writers who love sitcoms, who grew up on things like Modern Family. You know, we have this respect for the broadcast cable sitcom that I think a lot of people who came up in, you know, the time of Friends don't really have that. Uh, but for us, I, I think you see this group of writers who really love and respect that genre. And they made a show that is so funny, so family-based. Like, I literally wanted to watch it with my mom and ask her what she thought. And it's it's just something you can really watch with the whole family, much like Abbott Elementary, which obviously I loved. Like, who do I need? To, you didn't need me to tell you that. But I feel like those two shows would have been the pairing of the year if they'd both been on ABC. But you can watch Gordina Chronicles on HBO Max and you're going to love it. Also, the dad on it is like so hot. And, you know, that is one of the keys to a good family sitcom. You got to have a hot dad. And maybe that's where the Goldbergs went wrong. But also, I still watch the Goldbergs. Can't wait for the next season. Can't believe it got another one. Uh, also, I am asked a lot about Shrink on Peacock. Okay, I said that, and I know someone out there was like, no, you're not. No one no one has ever asked you about Shrink on Peacock, and that is actually true. I've, I'm just saying that because Shrink was a CISO show that recently moved to Peacock, and it is amazing. It stars Tim Balls, who you might know from Righteous Gemstones. He is great in it. it, it he's one of the best male comic leads I think I've seen in a while, and this is a chance for him to really shine. I'm glad that, that Peacock picked it up, but I'm giving it this moment. I'm giving it this moment because I have to, you know, I'm a one-woman promotion crew for Peacock. I do, I promote Peacock. That is my job. I, like, I do the, I am their, I'm the one woman who tells you about the shows at Peacock. So I have to tell you, you should watch Shrink. You should watch Killing It. There, which did get renewed. Killing It got renewed. Shrink, who knows if they'll bring it back. It would be lovely if they did. But someone has got to tell you about the shows at Peacock because they're not doing it. You know, and that brings me to, of course, Rutherford Falls, another show people do ask, actually ask me about a lot on, on Peacock. That one people I feel like have heard of, uh, have heard of it. Uh, Ed Helms is in it, obviously. That, that's like kind of the big draw with the first season. They get you with the like white guy, you know, and that was kind of a fake out, a trick, because then he kind of just disappears. And it's this amazing ensemble comedy of just people of color I don't even know where to begin in terms of like calling out this cast. Like, I, I'm i trying to pick a favorite moment. I mean, obviously I want to go with Jana Schmieding, uh, who plays Reagan, the lead on the show. I obviously, She's one of the most relatable characters. I feel like people thought they were going to try to turn her into this little Leslie Nope, and she's just no, so firm and 
like who this character is supposed to be. She's sarcastic. She's overconfident. They're not afraid to make fun of her. Uh, and obviously Michael Gray Eyes, who plays Terry, is so good at making fun of her. The dynamic between the, those two is is everything you want. They they again have this like kind of joke episode where it seems like they're gonna bring in a Ron Swanson type who will be the perfect match for Reagan. And instead it it all falls apart in, in an amazing way. And it just gets back to this dynamic between Terry and Reagan, which I I feel like I haven't seen before. It's just like this <laughs> begrudging respect uh, between like a reluctant mentor and a mentee. Shout out to all my reluctant mentors out there. <laughs> uh, but also Michael Gray Eyes is gorgeous. I, I have a total crush. Everything he does is amazing. He has a beautiful dance sequence in the show that you need to go enjoy. Uh, and one of my favorite line readings, there's a moment when Reagan gets in a fight and there's a joke about her hitting the ground and it's over. And every time they said it, it, it got me every time. Uh, and there's also amazing weed and edible representation in the show. Yeah. And that, I, it's rare that I, I call that out in a show. So check out Rutherford Falls. And the last show that a lot of people ask me about is The Bear on FX. I did write about this show, and obviously I, I tweeted a lot about it. I believe it is an amazing show. It is so well done. Uh, I think that the performances are wonderful. Uh, Jeremy Allen White, do I need to say any more? Probably not, because you probably read my disgusting tweets about that man's face. And what he brings to that role is perfect for the Chicago, like, restaurant scumbag that you want to sleep with. And as someone who, you know, I lived, worked in Chicago for a very long time, I, I've, he, he brought back a few, a few of my exes to memory. Uh, and, and in that regard, it is very realistic. I've worked in kitchens. I've been a hostess. I've worked back of house. I've, I, I know how horrible it is. That part also got, right, got it right. It brought back my nightmares of just like tickets, forgetting to get people ketchup. It was great. Uh, my only issue, my only issue as someone who uh, a lot of people call a, a true daughter of the Midwest, uh, a, a daughter of Northern Illinois, um, I'm from Rockford, Illinois, a true Rockford peach. I, I love the Midwest. I lived in Chicago. I am always looking for great Chicago representation, accurate Chicago representation. And that's where I was let down for a few reasons, which you can go read about on my newsletter, TVSA, the newsletter, at ashleyray.substack.com. But there were just a few things that just took me out of it because it was just something that like one consultant who had ever seen the city of Chicago could have fixed. Instead, it felt like these people wrote an amazing show and then went, what city should we put it in? And they were like, I don't know, Chicago. I kind of want a free trip there. And then they spent a week in River North and put their show there. And, I, you know, that if you do watch Shrink on Peacock, you'll see it has pretty accurate Chicago representation. There's so many neighborhoods like you don't have to make Chicago something it's not. You can find what you're looking for in Chicago and any of the wonderful neighborhoods in that beautiful city. And so the bear tries to make a part of Chicago something that it's not, but I could even let that go, okay? You're talking to a girl who watched every single episode of Shameless, and I liked it a lot more than some critics, okay? I don't need my Chicago super accurate. I get that things can be surreal. Again, I loved Shameless. But when it comes to things like a shot of the Tribune building, but it's not the Chicago Tribune building, it's the one in Oakland, California. 
And that's like in a montage with like Obama and stuff. And it's like, what did you, what <laughs> did you guys just like Google some B foot? Like, that's just something like that you could just hire a consultant and fix. And, and it's just little details like that where you're like, I don't care if you get the 773 tattoo, which also my Chicago people, you know, 773, 773. He, he had a 773 tattoo and you want me to think that's cool? They played a Sufjan Stevens songs. And you want me to be like, that's legit Chicago? I Again, I, I got into all of that. But, but it, you know, even if you get the Malort references, what does it matter if at the end of the day, you don't respect the city enough to just, you know, make sure you're using the right B-roll footage? It's really that simple. That's all I wanted. Okay. But again, an amazing show with amazing performances. And if you don't know anything about Chicago, you're going to be like, it was perfect. I loved it. A plus for me. Perfect. I loved it. A plus. But but if I add a category, comma, Chicago, I'm dropping it down to like a C because like if, I, I can't imagine my geography teacher being happy if I like, you know, was like if she was like, what building is this? And I was like, I don't know, the Eiffel Tower and it's like the Hancock building like that would, you know, no, no, you don't, you don't get to pass on that. Up your game for season two, because I'm really happy you got a season two. Again, everything else is perfect. Watch the bear. And those those are all the shows people have been asking me about. You know, uh, there's some other shows we're going to get into later in the podcast, obviously, with my wonderful, wonderful guests, Solomon Giorgio and Phoebe Robinson. And I mean, what else can I even talk about? I, I, you know my reality TV show opinions. I hadn't completely left you. You know my current everyday thoughts about 90 Day Fiance because you're reading it on Vulture. Uh, I did start watching Below Deck, and I'm going to have some fun surprises there later in the season. You'll, I, I think you'll enjoy. But needless to say, I'm enjoying Below Deck. So finally, Bravo people, you won me over. I watch a Bravo reality show now. I'm not just a TLC girl. So that's, that's a big development in my life. Yeah. Yeah, not much going on in my life. So I got that. Anyway, I, you know that I love doing, you know, my personal thing at the top where I just, I get to talk to you and it is so good to be back. I appreciate every single one of you listening and and we wouldn't be here on Earwolf without you. So let's dive in. Welcome back. TV There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. You look good. But how do you feel? How about the stomach issues? Loss of muscle mass? Lacking energy? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? The answer is GNC. We have solutions that can help address those side effects and make sure you don't get knocked off your path. Because when it comes to living healthy, we're all about it. And that includes keeping you going on your GLP-1 journey. GNC. Season two, TV I Say with Ashley Ray, episode one, new whole season on Earwolf. Here we are. And my first guest for my wonderful watch list 
is the amazing Solomon Giorgio, who is my favorite person in television. When I see <laughs> Solomon's name in the credits of something, I'm like, oh, I'm about to get some good TV. <laughs> I mean, where do where to even begin? Like sh shrill? Like where do you start? I, the best season of Love Life? Like <laughs> all you? I'm, I'm I guarantee it was not all me. I there's there was a room <laughs> full of people that would like to argue that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna share my watch list. That's what I'm loving right now. Uh, we have a ton of fun premieres at the moment. Tuca and Birdie just came back on Adult Swim, which is killing it. Samantha Irby is now an executive yes. producer. and One of my favorite right? people in the world. Amazing. And I feel like that show got so overlooked in the move from Netflix to Adult Swim. Mm -hmm. And I now it's all on HBO Max, so you have no excuse to not watch <laughs> it. Like, go watch it. It's all it's there. It's worth it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, next up... Everything's Trash with Phoebe Robinson just premiered on Freeform. I believe the first four episodes are out. Uh, you can watch it on Freeform or on Hulu. Honestly, we don't really need to talk about that one much because you're going to hear me talk to Phoebe about it <laughs> at the back half of the episode. So I'm going to save all that for then. <laughs> uh, up next, uh, What We Do in the Shadows came back. Yes, it's one of my favorites. Oh, me too. Like, I feel like I really don't even need to tell people to watch this show because who isn't watching it? Psychopaths. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people who hate things, uh, people who don't like their life. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's Matt Barry. Like what? Yeah. Go watch. Yeah, you're watching it already. We can move on. <laughs> uh, next, the rehearsal with Nathan Fielder just premiered on HBO Max. And I don't even know how to describe this show. I almost feel like you should just watch it without knowing the concept. But essentially, Nathan Fielder helps people rehearse for important moments in their life. And he uses the most money I imagine HBO has ever spent to do that. Just fully recreating people's homes and like bars. It is an amazing show. <laughs> I, I was, I'm a big Nathan Fielder fan, also part yeah. of the Nathan Fielder is Hot fan club. So, <laughs> Look, I understand where people can feel that way. I mean, he, it's something about that just like confidence mm -hmm. of having no confidence that like <laughs> works for him. <laughs> It works for other people. It is not my, it's not my forte. Uh, <laughs> but I do find him attractive mostly because he's physically weaker than me. And I think that's what I'm into. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I do feel like I could beat him up. And that is a big part of attraction for me. I, yeah, it's really, I don't know where they came from, but I'm very, <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about men. <laughs> yeah. <I> date. <laughs> uh, up next, Flatbush Misdemeanors, which is still airing on Showtime. And I'm calling it out because not enough people are watching it. Flatbush Misdemeanors, Dan Perlman, Kevin Iso, they're killing it. Uh, the season or the season finale is coming up. Uh, we're going to have Dan as a guest coming up. So you should just watch Flatbush Misdemeanors, catch up on it, and then you'll love the next episode of this <laughs> podcast. So, <laughs> uh, and up next, Loot on Apple TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love this show. Maya Rudolph is killing it. Joel Kim Booster. Just Ron Funches. Yes. It is one of my favorite, favorite ensembles on TV right now. Are you caught up on it? It's, I'm not caught up. I think I only watched two episodes. It's, but yeah, I've, I've always, it always feels bad. Like, I always feel weird because uh, that's very biased because there are people I know on the show. So I'm like, but I'm like, I love it. And then I'm like, is that a valid input that I'm allowed? Yeah. <laughs> when I'm like, I've known I, this person <laughs> for a decade plus. <laughs> Sam, I'm always like, I love Joel Kim Booster. Like, he's done my shows. But legitimate, outside of that, it is such a good show. I'm just happy Maya Rudolph finally has a role that like lets her shine yeah. and be goofy. 
you know, I, I know people think it's supposed to provide answers on homelessness, but I don't watch it for that. I watch it yeah. to laugh and to see her, you know, poop herself on hot ones. Look, honestly, if you're looking for answers from a TV show, you're not going to find very good ones. <laughs> I don't think so. And then last on my watch list, and the reason you are here, Solomon, mm-hmm. the wonderful just premiered, I believe, a few weeks ago now mm-hmm. on Hulu, Maggie. Yay. I am obsessed with this show. And I need more episodes now. Uh, if you're not familiar with Maggie on Hulu, it is the story of a woman who is a fortune teller who can see visions of the future. Not quite in her control, but she can see these visions. Uh, and it's in this in these visions, visions she sees uh, the person she thinks she's going to marry. Question marks there. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a fun modern twist on how I met your mother. Yeah, it's like. And I mean, it sounds like a like I'm name saying this premise and you're like, oh, that probably sounds so complicated, but it's not. It's, it is just the most fun show. It's very much like, yeah, it's like a it's like a modern day. That's a Raven. Like that's it's just sort of like <laughs> what like, I'm saying. Modern day. It's literally a show still on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like a sister show to that. So Raven. yeah, it's just like, yeah, there's it's a real psychic who can actually see things. Um and it's always there's a, a bit of a comedy of errors with it, which is just what I enjoyed doing it. I, cause I, I specifically wanted to work on this kind of a comedy, which was it was supposed to be initially uh, for ABC, but we moved to Hulu, which was still a great place to be. But I, my goal was to do sort of like a network comedy. And it was like, it's like, I am i can't take full credit for anything in the room at all because uh, Maggie Mole, who uh, is one of the creators and the showrunner, she is such an insanely, like, well thought out talent and very like prolific. I she's truly one of the funniest people out there. <laughs> and yeah, really, just it's one of those people. One of those people that working in a room with them just reaching at ease. And Justin Adler, who's also a showrunner from from Life in Pieces, and he was like, he, just the two of them were like phenomenal at like guiding all of us uh, through the the whole series. Yeah, it's so incredible. I I feel like. It's one of those shows. I, I love that it's not on ABC personally because you guys do get a little raunchy. You know, I was like, there's some swear words in here. Like, yes. Like, a few here and there. There would have been bleeped out if they're yeah. on ABC. It was just very much. Exactly. We were, like, we filmed like we, this, our soundstage was the Modern Family soundstage. Like, that's, <laughs> it was like, it was truly a very, like, a very unique experience. And I'm like, I'm very happy I got to it. Like, because we were also on set and that was just, like, as my, I've never been on a soundstage. Like I've been on soundstage and on set before, but not very often. But this time it was like right there and I could walk to it every day and see what was going on. Yeah. And it was it was so cool. And all the actors are so fucking funny. Um, it's a phenomenal cast. I yeah. I want to shout out Carrie Kenny as the mother. <laughs> She's amazing. Chris Elliott, too, is also. Every line reading. Oh, she like they also they read their lines together most of the time. And it was just to watch them do the table read and just already be in character so easily and so effortlessly. It was so, it was insane and beyond. And they're just, everyone there was so funny. And, but those two particularly, and also uh, Ray was also megawatt talent. And yeah, hyster- like you just standing there hysterical. <laughs> yeah, there's like a line that Carrie's character has that's like, oh, Maggie had to wear a head brace. It was so traumatic. And I'm sure <laughs> she had a hard time with it too. And I was just like, I love the show. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, you wanted to work on a sitcom type show. What shows did you like growing up? Oh, geez, that is, I'm actually a sitcom fanatic. So there is very few sitcoms that made it past me uh, th- throughout all the 80s and 90s. So there was, I would watch like the one season ones. Uh, so it's, it's tough to say 
exactly which one I love the most, but easily, well, top five would always be Martin, Cheers, Living Single, Mama's Family, and no, no, wait, uh, Golden Girls. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, and Seinfeld. <laughs> Mama's Family's in the top 10, but it's not in the top five. <laughs> yes, I, that is fair, I think. That is fair. And that that's an incredible top five. I'm I'm probably going to put Golden Girls number one. I could watch that show any time of day, any episode, no matter how many times I've seen it. It's just like comfort food. Oh, it's I've watched every episode at least. That's things like my top 50 I've seen. I've watched every episode of those t- t- 10, 20 times. <laughs> it's it's a but I also I have a tendency to forget things. So sometimes I get to like I wait long enough to forget what exactly what happens, and then I get to rewatch it and I see new stuff in it. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, I, I love my terrible memory. I love yeah. getting older. <laughs> I love when I watch an old episode of Golden Girls and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't remember like this gay character being in the show or them like dealing with race. Like, oh yeah, so many times. <laughs> oh, I just actually show. watched the episode where Sophia had the uh, black boyfriend for a hot moment before he passed. Oh yeah, b- before he has to go because of his sad Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. That episode makes me cry every time. <laughs> it's so it was uh, forgets her completely. That's it's such a heartbreaking, but loving. I love that. I love that show so much. Yeah. So Maggie, I absolutely love the relationships and romance of it. You know, I do think a lot of kind of modern sitcom attempts at rom com just don't work. Yeah. They're a little too corny, not really realistic, and this just felt so real. Just the disappointment she has, and I, it's a psychic. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like in all the shows you work on, that's kind of a theme. You have this really just good <laughs> skill of like bringing the most traumatic, I think, relationship experiences <laughs> to life that is just so relatable. I mean, love life, obviously, they make both make me sob, but at least Maggie made me laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's, I think I've been fortunate to find, uh, especially in the rooms that I'm in, like, and the people that run them. I tend that tends to be a connection that I have is uh, is uh, sort of uh, fraught <laughs> love lives and and I'm very yeah when it comes to uh, sad love love story I can I can provide in many different <laughs> ways in all hundred different angles uh, lusting after somebody and not saying anything like easily I can do whatever whatever tragic love story you need I can I can find a <laughs> unique one uh, that's debilitating even though I didn't experience it myself but I can find one. <laughs> Yeah, but I've I've just I've been lucky, like I think with stand up comedy and just in general comedy and like you like the most inept people at dealing with love are, are comedians and I yeah I, that's why it's such a fountain of stories because there's it's endlessly bad an endless selection of bad decisions that we make yeah uh, I want to also ask you about. TV hotness. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there are some people, they're hot. They're movie hot. There are people who are TV hot. Maggie's lead love interest in this show, he is, like, the perfect quintessential, like, TV hotness. <laughs> like, if, like, if I had to pick someone to go in the dictionary, I'd be like, that is, like, what you want. Like, that weekly, well, in this case, <laughs> I binged it. But just, like, episode by episode, like, oh, he's so hot. But I also just want to, like... Go on a picnic with him and introduce him to my parents, you know? Yeah. I think there's, I think that's sort of, especially with, uh, like, male characters in sitcoms, like, there has to be, like, they have to be approachably attractive. Like, you can't, like, if he was, like, fucking, like, supermodel hot, you'd be like, get away from me. I'm not laughing at anything you're saying. Yeah. But he is still like he's very attractive, but still very, very funny and very concise. So it's like, it's, it's like, and you want that. Like, it's, I feel like that's the same way. Like a John Ritter character, where it's yeah. like, John Ritter is hot as hell from Three's so Company. 
but he was goofy as fuck and still approachable. It's like that's the kind of that's the kind of leading man you want in comedies. Yeah, because if they're too hot, you're like get away. I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> was that a note you gave the casting director? You were like, please, not. I was not in charge too- of any casting whatsoever. The, the, the everyone showed up, and I was like, this is perfectly cast. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It is just. Truly such a fun show. I'm, again, going to say you need to go watch it all on Hulu. If you have not, it is out now. Uh, So I don't want to give too much away about season one, but it did have one of, like, I was watching the show, like, just laughing, loving it. And then the cliffhanger, I was like, how are you leaving me here? Yeah. I was like, wait, (laughs) wait, how are you leaving me here? So it's, yeah, please talk about that. that um, that was sort of, I think we discussed that for like weeks on end, like getting to the point of the ending, uh, and Maggie Mole chose a really fucking amazing moment and was so thoughtful and so, but it's so like, it's like, it was like, like the whole point of it is like, you definitely want a romantic comedy twist, but you don't like, but it's, and so it was like, there was like very few like sentimental moments that I was like, I was just, I like, I might've helped here and there, but like those two final episodes, they, that, that was truly like a vision to see be like be a part but also get to see the guidance that Maggie Mole and like uh and the, all the and the, all the others that did together because that was I'm I'm not gonna give it away either uh yeah but it's so but, it's so fun it's so good and it is it was sort of it's it is a fun thing to because it's like a bunch of intricate pieces <laughs> yeah it's like I, I feel so many series kind of paint themselves into a corner mm-hmm. when the you know the finale comes they're like do we reset what do we do and this was such a perfect just kind of reset but you're also like happy for her but you're also terrified and like what does this mean it's just so well done and you know i think obviously a lot of times people look down on sitcoms and like you know network sitcoms but i just think it's such a wonderful place to to play with things like that where you you know you don't have to worry about like the kind of premium cable hang-ups of like oh you know are there going to be think pieces about this you know yeah also, yeah. it's just, it's nice to be, like, when it comes to some, like, I I love, like, the level of television we're getting is incredible. We're getting, like, Oscar-worthy TV shows. But every once in a while, it's just something a little light is yeah. kind of necessary. Uh, like, 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 and I think that's sort of where the, where Maggie fits into everything. It's still, like, the most serious thing on it won't be, like, detrimentally <laughs> harrowing and, like, uh, so it was kind. Of, it's 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 a piece of joy. Uh, so I'm kind of was very happy to sort of be a part of that aspect of it because I was like, yeah, something light and easy for people to enjoy and relate to and laugh, and then then have to deal with the world later. <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes yeah. escapism is nice uh, when it yeah. comes to TV shows and sitcoms provide, and that's why I love them so much. Yeah, and I just I feel like to me Maggie's like a high end sitcom, like. A part of me thinks if it was on ABC, people would have just been like, oh, I don't know about that. But it, be, yeah. it being on Hulu is so just pay attention to this. It's an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say it's, it's, not, it's like it's not a McDonald's fry, but it's like a Wendy's fry. Like it's still yes. very fucking good. <laughs> so good. Uh, and I do want to know, obviously, don't give it. But like, where do you want to go in season two? Where do you see this love story um, going? I also do want to say it's like a wonderful representation of just like modern women and yeah. how much dating sucks for us, too. And like just life in general. But where do you see season two going? Um, I don't I'm not too sure that that's that's not even been brought up yet. I'm waiting for that. I'm like, look, I'm 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 not like the showrunners will eventually find out. So I'll, hopefully I'll get to come back for season two. Maybe yeah. not. We'll see. I've moved. I've already started working on other shows. So it's really. Like it's a streaming service show, so and they're always like, like the jobs are not the longest, so I have to move on pretty quickly. 
So if there is a season two, I'll be thrilled. Um, I'm thinking we'll find out next. So hopefully shortly, but yeah. Well, I hope I'm we do. And I hope for, I get I'm to work on it again. And I, cause I think, and I hope everyone comes back for season two because it's truly was a rock star team. I am pushing for a renewal because you can't leave me with that cliffhanger. I, <laughs> like that show, it truly, when it came out, I, I mean, I believe it was like when Roe v. Wade, all that stuff was happening. Oh, yeah. Basically, I mean, who can even just pick any tragedy, miserable thing happening in the world? <laughs> that aligns with, yeah. Yeah, with, the, you know, that week. And it was just the thing that got me like through. I was able to just be like, center yourself in this amazing show. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, this one is probably like the biggest hang, hey, like, uh, Cliffhanger on a show that I've ever worked on. So hopefully I get it does come back um, because that is one of my least favorite things to do to people on television. Uh, To this very, this is the day I'm very upset. Sybil ended with a two-parter on season four. Uh, And I only got half of it. And it's Les Moonvies' fault. It's not the worst thing he's done, but I'm definitely not going to forget that he did it. (laughs) But we can put that on the list too. (laughs) That can be on the list too. Not the worst. Not the worst. I'm not saying saying top five, top 10. I'm just saying it's on the list. It'll it'll be definitely one of the things I say on top of the other things. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It's getting on there. (laughs) Uh, Can you talk about any of the other projects you're working on? Um, yeah, I, but right now I, I just I just well Maggie was the last job, uh, but I'm now I just finished working on an upcoming Michelle Buteau show for Netflix. Uh, uh, she will be the lead in, um, which has already been announced. But I'm very yeah, excited the, about that. The, the survival of the thickest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on yes. her book. Yes. Oh that my gosh. One of, like one of the greatest human beings in the world, and I've known her for so long, and it's just such a delight to get to work with her and just to make her vision come true because she's uh, she deserves the world yeah. and more. <laughs> She is amazing. If you haven't seen her in the First Wives Club TV series, mm-hmm. please go watch that. She is her special. Incredible. Utopia. I, it's so it's one of the funniest specials on Netflix right now. So, yeah. So that is on my coming up most excited list. <laughs> uh, so my last question and, you know, what we end with everyone. What are you watching right now? What's the new stuff you're watching? Um, I'm in the process of watching, uh, I'm trying to finish up two things, uh, which is Miss Marvel and season two of Hacks, uh, at uh, the moment. That's an, okay. So as a, as a stand up comedian, how do you feel about both of those shows? I feel like, like Marvelous Miss Maisel is for people who love comedy and mm-hmm. Hacks is for people who do comedy. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Miss Marvel. I'm is the one that I'm watching. I've not watched the marvelous. Oh, Miss Marvel. not marvelous. Miss <laughs> it's I close you... though. It's freaking. It's so close. I would never. <laughs> I I would not watch both shows at the same time. That'd be a very. That's a different. Yeah, kind I was of... like, how interesting to take those both on. And I was also like, cool that you just call her Miss Marvel. That is like, wow. <laughs> okay, Miss Marvel and Hacks, two very different shows. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I would love your take on Hacks as a stand-up comic. How you feel I, about it? I like it a lot. And especially, I don't, because for me, like, stand-up is not something that's going to ever translate to TV as an entertainment. Yeah. Like, the way I see stand-up comedy and the way it's presented to me, and I don't think anyone should see that kind of stand Like, no one should see a show about that. Yeah. Because we're, our drama is tiny and our, our group is incestual. Uh, no one needs oh, to. <laughs> that should but not I, be on TV. I think yeah. we would all just be like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but what they're doing on hacks is like so fun and it's, it's a, it's well thought out drama aspects to it. And the comedy aspect to it is not too farcical. It's still like pretty grounded to what a stand-up, stand-up's reality is. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like the level of ridiculous is not too far away from what stand-ups usually deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The scene where Deborah Vance uh, in season two, where she's just doing the same set night overnight yeah. and they like overlay the footage. That was the moment for me where I was like, Yep, that's stand-up. That's all it is right there. Uh, when well, the new just... material doesn't work still, yeah. even though it's, you know, it was like, 
That's also stand up. Yeah, <laughs> that's when, also when you think up. like you're like, oh, she's gonna kill. Like she went through the whole thing and she has this new no. material, and then they're just like, yeah, you're horrible. And it's like, yep, that's yeah, that's, that, yeah. that's I think that's the right. That's a clever way to do it. It's not like the most rewarding way to do it for the audience, but I think it's like a smart way. But it's also like the audience is there and they're getting like I, that's that's sometimes like when a show like that exists and it's like don't always give the audience what they want. <laughs> yeah, give them what they need. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Miss Marvel, I absolutely love when someone comes on the pod and their watch list has something I'm not watching. <laughs> I haven't started it yet. Tell me about it. how you feeling about it. I think it's here's the thing is that it's um, it's so like in like the realm of the MCU, it's just like their first attempt at doing a teen show. Yeah. Um, and it's so well done, and it's so especially anyone who has like any immigrant background to it, and just having uh this Muslim little this Muslim girl getting powers and dealing with her, with her parents, her Pakistani parents, and just the cultural differences that she has to deal with, trying to date, trying to go out, trying to, like, like it's also because her powers are now associated with her family history as well. It's so, it's so well done. It's, I can't recommend it more. <laughs> okay, that's what I need to hear. Like, the MCU is a blind spot for me. I don't really yeah. do the movies. I have to, like, hear about the shows. Like, WandaVision is probably the only yeah. thing I've watched. And some, I watch Loki. Yeah. And people why, tell me that's connected. Yeah, that, well, that's why I love, especially with, like, the TV shows that they film. They, they hire different people and they have their own specific style. Um, it's, like, the way they film Miss Marvel is so dynamic. Um, like the way like she's received text, it appear it's like messages that appear on like different like art formats on walls and like billboards. Like that's how her text messages pop up, so you can read them. It's really oh, insane. I love yeah. <laughs> I feel like TV's had a hard time figuring out like how do we make text conversations work on screen. Like Insecure figured it out. Yeah. I feel like the younger shows kind of figure it out, and then other shows you're just like we can't like that's not engaging. <laughs> Yeah, it was just yeah. The, whoever the, the directors in the, on Miss Marvel, they're very thoughtful and like they make like the city art part of the actual show in like a really fun dynamic way. So it's like it's it's now become like far ahead my favorite Marvel thing. Okay, that I'm sold on it now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any reality shows you're watching? I always like to check. I I'm I'm just I've I only stick with one, and it's been the same for like 15 years, and it's Drag Race. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. Yes. Of course. You were just on Drag Race. <laughs> yes, I was. But like, I think that's. But I've been watching it since season one, and I've not taken like that's like my. I try to watch other countries here and there, but it's yeah. It's. I mean, how did that feel to watch since season one, and now you're on it? I am gonna tell you, I'm not cut up on this season. I was like, I'm just gonna wait for it to end so I can binge <laughs> it. But how was that? Well, it's it's kind of it's awesome because it's like I started stand up in 2007, and that was the same year that uh, season one came out, and. I'm starting like just being a queer person in entertainment and thinking that like, and especially just as just being a standup with no, like, like I just didn't think that there was any place for me in this industry. And I probably wouldn't have stuck it out if it wasn't for watching drag race and seeing Queens exist on media. And, and that was just probably gave me a lot more drive than I ever expected. And just to be, just to have it circle back and me being a participant in it in any way, shape or form is just like, it's too much. I'm I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry right now. <laughs> don't actually. cry. Don't, don't cry. Fucking make me. Don't be, don't, I'm not gonna make you cry. <laughs> but everyone did love that episode. I just saw all of the stuff on Twitter, like people being like, "This is amazing." So I absolutely cannot wait to watch this season yeah, when very, I get a bottle of wine and just am done working and get to watch the whole thing. <laughs> it's it's so good. They're all winners. They're all like truly some of the best individuals in the world. On top of like being like out of this world entertainers. 
They are all winners, but to me, Shea Coulee is the winner just because we're both from Chicago and I used to do stuff work for her. So uh, like, I got to give it to Shay. Shay, I know personally, one of the greatest human beings. Jinx also I know personally, also a fucking absolute sweetheart. But like for me, like like watching Raja season three was like one of the greatest like inspirations of all time. Like, oh, this this bitch is a fucking model. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, model. I, but yeah. Like, Raja talented. and Shane, they're, yeah. yeah. They're the ones I'm like, put them on Vogue. Like, what are we doing? They have. They have. <laughs> well, I am not caught up on fashion. There you go. <laughs> I watch TV. I don't look at magazines. Well, I, I, I do. And I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm literally going to search that Vogue cover now because I'm like, what? Yeah, they all did like, a, they did recreations of uh, famous Vogue covers. What? That's like amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, and they also, they, they all chose their own and all the queens from that season did an insane job. Okay, yeah, I, I, okay, we need to end this so I can go do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Solomon, I want to thank you so much for joining me on, on my first episode. I thank love you. all the TV you make. You are one of my favorite oh, people in you. television. Watch Maggie and actually just like go look at Solomon's IMDb and just watch <laughs> all the shows he's ever worked on because they're all Take amazing. a break in between. You'll probably need a nap. It's very long. <laughs> yeah, it's ve- Please, yes. Brag on the resume. Please. It is a very long list. I was like, maybe I'll lay him all the show. And I was like, we don't have time for that. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and more importantly, also check out Solomon's podcast, The Juice, which I love, by the way. Oh, thank you I- so much. How did you come up with the idea for that? Because I, um, it's amazing. I was just something I posted like a, like two years ago. It was like a dumb little tweet that I was like, I just I don't like celebrity gossip. I like small scale petty gossip. And and from there, I because I was in the work, I was working with them uh, with Team Coco for a while, and we were trying to figure out what to do. And then I was like, How about this dumb tweet that I posted? <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun? Because people like just like responded to that with a bunch of gossip, and I was like, Yeah, yeah this is like my Jerry Springer. I want to hear all your mess in any way, shape and form. I will yeah. sit down with anyone. For that. Yeah. I always want to know. I mean, just a little juice for you right now. My brother at the grocery store he's working at, they're dealing with someone who keeps stealing everybody's lunches and everybody Ooh. thinks they know who they are, but no, like they keep being like manager, put a camera up. Like we think we know who it is, but they're like, you need to have good evidence before we like approach this person about stealing everyone's lunches. It's a whole thing. I Oh, the trick is you put a, you put uh, spices. Uh, Ooh, like but, okay. but do some an intense spice of some sorts like a ghost pepper yeah and see them get fucked up real quick <laughs> there it is i'm telling hide, him this hide but... hide a ghost pepper in some of your food or on all of your food <laughs> boom then you're done if <laughs> you figured it out see and this is why you have the juice you are solving people's <laughs> problems <laughs> uh and is there anywhere you want people to follow you um, I'm Solomon Giorgio all across the board, website, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, feel free to follow. And if there is another Solomon Giorgio, you are now required to take them out. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and coming up next, we have Phoebe Robinson from Everything's Trash. TV, I say. Hello. Welcome to TV, I Say with Ashley Ray. My guest today is Phoebe Robinson a multi-talented stand-up comedian, New York Times bestselling writer, actress, you probably know her from her stand-up special, Sorry at Harriet Tubman, or one of her many, many books, You Can't Touch My Hair, Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes, or Everything's Trash, But It's Okay, which is now coming to you in the form of a TV show on Freeform called Everything's Trash. Phoebe, thank you so much for joining me today. 
Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I have loved you, obviously, since Two Dope Queens, since you had your your brief appearance in in, uh, Broad City all those years ago. How does it feel now to have your show on Freeform? It's a long time coming, but I couldn't be happier. I'm I'm so stoked. I, I love this show so much. I know, of course, I made it. So, of course, I'm going to love it. But I just I feel like all the pieces came together at the right time. And we have this really funny, smart, sexy, vulnerable show. And I just can't wait for people to watch it. Yeah. I feel like as someone who's followed you with Two Dope Queens and who loves your work, so much of it is about your personal life, obviously. How much of that did you bring to Everything's Trash? Because this character, I I want to believe, is a little, maybe a little more wild than you are. Oh, no, she definitely is. But I think there are a lot of things that we kept that are true to life, like being a broke podcaster, my tight relationship with my brother, like my good crew of friends and, you know, stuff like in the third episode where I'm canvassing. That's based on my time when I graduated college. I went to Pratt Institute and I ended up working for the Tom Swazi campaign when he's running against Elliot Spitzer and I was canvassing around Brooklyn. So we were able to find like all these things that happened in my life. And then we would just talk about them in the room and writers would share their other experiences. And so there's a good combination of stuff that happened to me and also stuff that we sort of, you know, made up and and had a lot of fun creating. Yeah. I feel like the show comes at this perfect time when, you know, we've had shows like Fleabag, you know, girls. I think the white girls have had their chance to be messy, (laughs) to show their trashy (laughs) lives. And I was watching this and I was like, finally... (laughs) Finally, like a black girl who has a condom wrapper stuck on her butt. This is the representation (laughs) I've needed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I really feel like black women are held to such a high, high standard. And we're supposed to save the world. And we're supposed to, you know, fall in line, respectability politics. And I was like, you know what? Black girls, black women are human. We're flawed. We're complicated. We're lovable. We're, you know, messy sometimes. We have so many incredible qualities about us. And I really just wanted to show a character who is confident in herself and is not sort of apologizing or not like her messiness isn't explained away by the fact that she's tragic in some way. And it's like, no, this is just a person who's a bit of a free spirit who kind of like, flies by the seat of her pants, but she's fiercely loyal and she loves her family and friends and and she loves getting into trouble. Yeah. There's also, I think, you know, with the respectability politics that Black women face, I think a lot of times we're afraid of being seen as the Jezebel. We don't want to be too sexual. We don't want to really, you know, address sex a lot in our work. I love this show because your character fucks. <laughs> and doesn't just yes. fuck, but like you hire very, very attractive men on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's always when you're like in the casting session, you're like, oh, wow, this guy's really handsome and it's chill. But there are sometimes you're like, whoa, because, you know, I, I don't know, just people who are like TV good looking. It's so it's so laughably ridiculous because it's like you walk around with that face. Yeah. <laughs> What is life like for you? Because, you know, I'm I'm cute, I'm pretty, I'm whatever, but, you know, they're a team of scientists put me together. But, like, with some of these dudes, like, they just roll out of bed looking that good, and you're just like, whoa, life must be so interesting right, like, for you to look like that. Yeah. Like, the scene when you, <laughs> when you uh, wake up in bed with your main love interest, I won't spoil it for anyone out there because it is a pretty big twist. When you woke up in bed with him, I was like, 
how 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 do I want to do that? How does she? <laughs> how do you? <laughs> how do you act there? How do you? <laughs> I I love Brandon. He is he, first of all, he's such a good actor. As people see, you know, within series and like the different scenes that we have, he can do so much. Um, he can be vulnerable. He can be really funny. He can be sexy. So it was really easy to sort of just act opposite someone who sort of raises your game and we just you know we just have like really good chemistry together and I think you know we both like love you know romantic comedies and that sort of energy that we have in the show is very much like a rom-com energy and so it's you know it's it's nice to you know like pretend and be like here's this really cute guy and I'm pretending like we're having this really you know kind of complicated messy sort of situation yeah yeah so when it comes to the show, like you said, it, you there is a big rom-com vibe. I was curious, what TV shows inspired you in writing Everything's Trash? Uh, were there any, you know, rom-coms in particular that you were like, I really want to get this vibe? Yeah, I mean, I've always loved sort of friend hangout shows. So like Living Single, Martin, Sex in the City is canon for me. I love that series so much. Um and then we think about like, you know, rom-com movies. I love Brown Sugar, Something New, When Harry Met Sally, then like all the way back to like the Philadelphia story, you know, get some Cary Grant vibes in here. Notting Hill is one of my favorites too. And so I really, I think for me with this show, I just wanted it to be like, life is fun and funny and you have all these sort of like unexpected circumstances that are going to happen and I just wanted to explore that a little bit. And I think that, you know, a lot of rom-coms, I want them to not be afraid of being like balls out funny. And I think sometimes they can lean into heavy on the rom and less on the com. And we really yeah. wanted to have that balance of laughs with like sort of like, oh, yeah. Oh, there there are so many laughs. <laughs> it, uh, it, I want to shout out Moses Storm also, who is a hilarious comedian who is so funny in the show. Just, I I want to say he plays like the class clown in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. He plays Michael, who's my college bestie and roommate. And we, the cast, the five of us are so like me, Neca, Takara, Jordan, and myself. We love each other so much, and we're always putting Moses in timeout because he's always just saying these like crazy hilarious things that will make us break on set and we got to like stop and he's just a brilliant stand-up his special on HBO Max Trash White is so phenomenal he's I really feel like everyone in the cast is like so uniquely talented and funny in their own specific way so you get us together like him and Jordan together having scenes are <laughs> so great you know what I mean and like Jordan and I like when we're getting into our fights as brother and sister like they're so funny because it's like you both like maybe you're right or maybe he's right, but you both are acting like idiots right now. <laughs> and it's really funny. And you know what? Neither of you are right because you don't know how to act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you do such a wonderful job of getting that just funny, lighthearted tone. Like I said, I got to watch the first five episodes. So I want to brag, but I did. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to keep watching. It just felt like the thing I've needed after this, you know, difficult political time. And again, mm -hmm. black women were always kind of expected to address these things. Did you kind of feel that pressure in putting the show together where you like, oh no, people are going to expect me to have something to say about this, this, and this? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things I talked about with Jonathan Groff, our showrunner who comes from Blackish and Happy Endings and How I Met Your Mother and Scrubs. Like, he just has such an incredible resume. I was like, I really, you know, I was like, this show isn't trying to represent the entire Black experience. No show can do that. And, you know, we both really like things that are super funny and have a lot of heart. And so respectability politics wasn't even in the room. We were like, we just want to make a show that is hilarious. We want to make a show that you really care about these characters and their journeys that they go on. And, you know, we talked about making things a little bit serialized. So at the end of an episode, you want to watch the next episode because you want to see what's going to happen. And yeah, I I really try to to just write from what's going to be fun for me the cast what's going to give us joy and hopefully that will come through on screen um and i think the way that if we do want to talk about serious issues like we talk about tv phoebe's money issues in the second episode we still use a lot of humor because i feel like if you are making people laugh they can listen they're more open to other ideas and so we try to disarm through humor without sort of feeling the pressure of like we have to make a thesis statement about this this or this because it's just a it's just a sitcom. It's not, you know, law or anything. Yeah. I, I did feel for TV Phoebe's finances when she had that big old box. I was like, I'm worried for mm-hmm. girl, but then you got yeah. Moses Storm joking about vibrators and it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, one thing I, I also really liked about the show is, again, uh, I feel like the vibe between you and your, your co-stars is so good. It's such an ensemble. Uh, and something about watching it, it just made me feel like life back before the pandemic and back before COVID and just like, oh, I want to be in New York with friends again, just doing things. Uh, so I'm curious, how did COVID change your creative process? Uh, were you working on the show during COVID and lockdown? Yeah, we, Jonathan and I started working on the show in 2019. Um, and we shot a version of the pilot. You, you know, it's such a Brooklyn show, but we shot a version of the pilot in LA on sound stages. And then me, you know, the network, the studio execs, we all felt like, no, it really needs to be in Brooklyn. I think we wanted it to shoot it initially in Brooklyn, but COVID made everything difficult and was sort of like, we got to do LA or, or, or we're not going to be able to shoot it when we want to shoot it. And so when we got the chance again to sort of, you know, shoot in in Brooklyn and we really made the most of it. I mean, the thing that's so crazy about the cast connection is that outside of Jordan, I didn't know the other people and Jordan plays my brother, Jaden. And so we met them through casting sessions on Zoom. And then we just, the, the, the you know what I mean? Where like the chemistry just popped across the Wi-Fi and it really worked. And so... <laughs> I think like once we were able to be on set and around each other, we could like really play and make each other laugh. We really were sort of like, this is a bright spot during this pandemic. Like a lot of us just spent time indoors and like not working as much. And now if we get to go to work every day and make each other laugh and feel good, like we're going to take every opportunity to do that. Yeah. Uh, So Everything's Trash started as a book. Uh, obviously, books are very solo process. You write that yourself. Uh, what was it like working with creative partners to turn it into a TV show, a writer's room, kind of, you know, opening up your personal story to strangers and trusting them with it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things like even though I really love writing books because it is a solo endeavor. One of the things I love about TV is that it is such a collaborative process. And every show that you see that's amazing or has stood the test of time did that because tons of people came together. And so when I had this opportunity with the show, we just really tried to have a writer's room of made up of people who are married, who are single, some are parents, some aren't, 
Some people, like, you know, grew up in Texas. Other people are coastal people, Midwest. And so really just sort of having all those experiences in the room, I was like, you guys are going to make this show better than what, you know, Jonathan and I could do on our own. And so we really welcomed all of those ideas and we were able to filter them through my voice. And I think we got a really sort of exciting, specific show that's kind of different than anything else I think is on TV right now. Yeah, I I would agree. I can't think of any other show that's really, you know, out here kind of dealing with these funny issues in a way that's so lighthearted and also just sexy and confident. You know, I I loved that that TV Phoebe doesn't like have these insecurities. She's not like desperate for a boyfriend or like, you know, to get married or end up in a relationship. She's very sure of who she is. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's so rare to see. Yeah, one of the things, you know, Jonathan and I talked about is I just was like as much as I love a show like Sex and City, which is will forever be one of my favorite shows. And yes, it was about the female friendships, but it was about them trying to find partners. And I just, for me, I was, we just decided that the key relationship was going to be the one between Phoebe and Jaden. And we haven't really seen a sibling relationship explored this way. And it's sort of my love letter to my brother in a lot of ways. And we just were like, there are other kinds of love that you can explore outside of romantic love. And I just am really excited to see what this journey, you know, has in store for Phoebe and Jaden. And I really just wanted to not have a woman really worried about, am I going to get married or not? I'm of a certain age. Why I don't have a boyfriend yet. I just was like, we've seen that and it's a bummer. And we don't want someone to feel down on themselves because they're not in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, So Everything's Trash, a TV series based off of the book Everything's Trash, But It's Okay, premieres on Freeform. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back soon with Phoebe Robinson, who's going to share her favorite TV shows. And I think she's going to give me some dating tips and podcasting tips. I think you could help me out with that. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. And we are back with my guest, Phoebe Robinson, uh, promoting Everything's Trash, airing every Wednesday on Freeform on Hulu the next day. Go watch it. Uh, Another thing I love about the show is that it really gets into the politics of podcasting and working with podcast companies. I was wondering if you could kind of speak to that in the reality of your experience. You know, you talk about how black podcasters have to work harder. They aren't paid as much. Uh, Was that your experience coming up with Two Dope Queens and... Yeah, with Two Dope Dope Queens, it was definitely, you know, 
it came out, it premiered in 2016, and it was really huge on iTunes, but it was like, and people thought that my life magically changed. And I was like, no, I'm still like trying to struggle to pay my rent and my light bill at the same time. And so I think that a lot of times, especially with social media, because successes are so front and center that people think they know the story behind the scenes. And I really wanted to show kind of what my journey was like you know, in my early 30s in New York, you know, definitely having those moments where I'm, you know, buying something to wear, keeping the tag on so I can return it later, you know, trying to be like, okay, well, I could take a cab today, but then like, I can't take another cab again for two weeks until I get paid. Like all those things that as much as I love New York, it could be so hard to live here sometimes. And again, especially if you're creative and you want to do stuff like podcasting or write or act, it really requires you to have the resiliency because it's like, yeah, you don't have enough money to actually live here yet, <laughs> but you want to follow your dreams. And I think that's, you know, what makes New York so special because if your dreams do come true, it's just better than you could ever imagine. Yeah. Uh, I also think, you know, when you have a podcast where you're talking about your personal life, your dating life, a lot of times the fans, they they can be really obsessive. They feel like they know you. I think you see a bit of that in the show where people are, you know, studying Phoebe's work in schools and they have this weird connection they feel. What has your experience been like with that? Have you had fans who you're like, OK, calm down? <laughs> yeah, you have fans that are investing in your personal life. I know some people have been like, oh, I, you know, I've had like my high school students read, you can't touch my hair. And I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> like, I'm so honored and proud that that's a thing that's happening. But I feel like it's been really nice. I haven't had like too many. I don't really feel that. What is it called? Parasocial relationships. Like, yeah. I don't really think there's a lot of that with me because I'm not important enough. You know what I mean? Like there are other there are other people out there that it's, their lives are way more interesting than mine. See, that's what <laughs> I want to believe. And then you like look on Reddit and people are like debating the color of your toenails and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> like, why, why are we doing this? Um, so I was hoping that since you are the queen of podcasting, could you give us some audio tips on podcasting? You, you know, are one of the originals. Uh, this is the second season launch of TV, I Say. What advice would you give me as a young Black woman in podcasting? I mean, well, first of all, you have a great voice to listen to. Thank and you. that's always, it's it's just nice. It's like you could be doing errands or you could just be sitting on the couch and just being like, oh, I'm hanging out with a friend right now. So you having a fantastic voice is key. And I mean, my biggest thing, which you're already doing, is just like leaning into your own voice and what you want to do, because there's only one you. You know what I mean? And what you bring to this medium is special and awesome. And so I would say just keep doing that. And, you know, you know, don't be afraid to just have to constantly do ads for MailChimp because you know <laughs> what? They pay the bills. MailChimp, uh, Blue Apron, Oh, People yeah. would seriously DM me. They'd be like, if I have to hear you do one more ad for Blue Apron, I'm like, girl, I know. But they're keeping the lights on. So yeah, they pay the bills. And meals. Those, those meals are pretty easy to cook. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is TV Club. So obviously I need to know what other shows are you watching right now? What's getting you excited? I love Southside. It oh. is one of the funniest shows 
And I want it. I want more people to watch it because it's so insanely funny. I love that show. I really loved Harlem. So I'm glad they're doing a season two. Oh, yes, I loved Harlem. I thought that show was great. Um, I'm obsessed with Succession, of, of course. course. <laughs> I really loved it. Abbott Elementary is great. Yes, and um, swept the Emmys. Like, I know. So it's happy so to exciting. see that. That was just like making history. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. I want to get into Squid Game, but I'm I'm kind of a fraidy cat. That's my one thing. And some people are like, oh, I had to fast forward. Yeah. And when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can watch a show if I got to fast forward through the scary parts. Oh, yeah, it's very scary. Like, I liked, I watched it with a friend where we were like, we're only going to watch it together. And that's how I was able to get through it. <laughs> okay. Did you but, watch, maybe I'll watch it during the day when I know that the sun is out. So, like, nothing yeah. can hurt me. So, yeah, hold, like, a, a pillow or something you can squeeze because it is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and do you do any reality TV? I know a lot of writers mm-hmm. are like, I can't watch serious stuff when I'm in the middle of, like, working on my show. All I can watch is reality TV what do you what do you do yeah definitely while uh while I was shooting the show I was watching Selling Sunset amazing and watched Selling Sunset Selling Tampa (laughs) Real Housewives of New York Atlanta I love Master Chef. I love anything with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. I don't know what it is about him but I love him so a lot of cooking shows are very relaxing for me and then I was watching this show um, on Netflix called The Home Edit, oh, that yeah. organization show. It, they, they can be a lot sometimes. It can be a little, yeah, it's a little much. And sometimes I'm just yeah. like, okay, y'all just like went to a Michael's and bought a bunch of like mason jars. <laughs> I like, I, I don't have the budget for that to organize my like air, you know, popcorn puffs. <laughs> it's also like... There'll be like these revolutionary systems. You like you say, it's like they're just going to container store or Michaels. And I'm like, so we could all do this. Yeah. We could all do this. How are you guys like multimillionaires? Yeah. They're like, did you know that <laughs> if you like put the apples on your counter, you'll eat them instead of if you like put them in, you know, your refrigerator? And it's like, wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> so everything's trash. We've had a few episodes air now. Are you, you know, terrified of, like, the reception? Are you one of those people who you're like, I want to know what everyone's thinking about it? Or you just kind of, like, let the work exist? You know, I'm happy people are appreciating it. Yeah, I'm one of those people where I'm like, it's mine as long as I'm creating it. And then once I release it and it's out into the world, it doesn't belong to me anymore. You know what I mean? And that way, and sort of it's like people are bringing their own taste levels and sense of humor and life experience to the show. And that's like how they're going to receive it. So, you know, yeah, I'm not a person who's like checking on Twitter, to, looking up the show or my name to see what people are saying. I'm really proud of the show. Um, I'm really proud of what we did in terms of showing different kinds of uh, blackness, you know, talking a little bit about class, talking, you just showing vibrant, like really funny, successful, interesting, messy, complicated black women. And so I'm just like, I feel like I did everything I wanted to do with this first season. And so I'm waiting for a second season from Freeform uh, <laughs> to really do those things. But I, you know, I I hope that people receive it. And if they don't like it, that's fine. If they love it, that's more than fine. And I just try to, it's not my business. How people receive it, I think. It's like, yeah. what did RuPaul say? It's uh, what people think of you is not your is, business. Yeah, what people think of me is none of my business. 
<laughs> yeah. And so I'm kind of like, okay, I don't need to know necessarily, but I just hope there's good energy coming back my way yeah. in terms of the show. Uh, so speaking of a second season, I did have not finished the first, but with the second season, what stories are you hoping to explore? I think in a second season, one of my favorite combinations just off the show is me. Um, to, it's just me. No, it's me. Um, Takara Cash, who plays Malika, my podcast producer and friend, and uh, Neka Okafor, who plays Jesse, my sister-in-law. The three of us, we call ourselves Destiny's Child, but we're all Kellys. And we have so much fun together. And, you know, and Jesse's such an uptight character. And Malika is like that best friend, but she's also going to like check me when it needs to be checked. And so I would love to do a storyline where it's like a girl's night out or they go on some sort of adventure together. You could just really see just three super funny, interesting black women having fun. I think I want, you know, some other fun sort of dating scenarios for Phoebe. Um, I really like... um, Farah, who plays Aisha on the show, my niece, I think her and Jordan Carlos, who plays J- Jade and my brother, I think seeing them together in the storyline would be like super funny. Um, so I think those are things I'm kind of like intrigued by. And I, I want to explore more of the podcast world with Phoebe and Malika. Yeah. If I if I can make a suggestion, I think something mm-hmm. uh, with Moses Storm, some sort of love interest. He's like a teen heartthrob. My nieces are obsessed with him. Like I We've had no about idea. It. <laughs> I have have no ideas for him. Like teenagers are obsessed with him. I had no idea. And then I did a show with him and my nieces were just like, how do you know him? He's so cute. He's amazing. I saw him in a movie. He's so cool. And I was just like, calm down, like really calm down. (laughs) Moses is incredible. And we have a couple ideas in terms of like love interest for him that we're kind of excited about. Uh, But yeah, he's such a cutie and he's so funny and he has a big heart. So he's like, your your nieces and their crushes on him are so valid. I support him. Yeah, He's apparently there the stands are out for him. There's gonna be <laughs> like fan cam videos. Like get ready. <laughs> uh, and one question this this one's for me. Uh, I'm gonna be spending uh-huh. some time in this new in, in New York this summer as a single girl. Uh, do you have any tips for me dating in in New York in the big city for the first time? Girl, I mean, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Hashtag Ted Cruz, right? That's what he always says. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I'm going to say you're too good for 97% of the single straight men in New York. Um, so if you could find that, what, what kind of what kind of guys are you into? I think would be the question. Oh, like, uh, I mean, I want to say, oh, you know, good, smart ones. But, you know, like uh, the ones in Brooklyn who look like they ride a bike everywhere and have dirt under their nails is usually my uh-uh, No, <laughs> no, we are leveling up. You know, they got to have clean fingernails. <laughs> OK, they have to have licks, lift XL money. We are, oh, we are okay. done with the games. We are done with the games. Lift, look at you, lift look XL how money. You no are. more. No more. Can you you can ride on my pegs? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I would just say my dating success has always been like either friend of a friend or just like at like a concert or a party. Like, I know that sounds like really lame, but like I've had zero success on apps like blind dates, not really. So it's always just sort of kind of been like, oh, I'm cute. I'm at this concert. Okay, or I'm cute. And my friend thinks that I'd be a good match for this guy. And that's kind of like how it's happened. So I would say 
Go to some parties. Go to oh, some God. concerts. <laughs> go to the Elton John concert at MetLife Stadium. Okay, that's Get where your the sugar hotties daddy. are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mostly my, but, my issue with these suggestions is I do not like leaving my house. See, that is mm, what the problem usually mm-hmm. is, that I do not want to leave my house. I just that need, is also very valid. Leaving yeah. the house is a lot. <laughs> I just need the love of my life to just come knock on my door one day and just be like, oh, I was in the neighborhood. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> uh, but Phoebe, thank you so much for joining us. I, I love the show. I want everyone to watch it. It is on Freeform. You can watch it every Wednesday at 10 o'clock or watch it on Hulu the next day. There you go. Yes. Get those streams in. Watch it. Watch it live. Watch it on Hulu. Just watch it. It is so funny. Uh, Follow Phoebe on Twitter and Instagram at Dope Queen Phoebs. And stay tuned for what to watch next week on my watch list. And was there anything you want to add, Phoebe? No, that was perfect. I had so much fun. Thank you. This was so fun. I truly do love the show. Thank you. It It was so fun to shoot. And I just, you know... I had such a great time and it was just so good to just laugh because everything is so heavy right now. And I'm like, I just want to not be sad. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, watching all this sad stuff about like Roe v. Wade, like late mm-hmm. night shows and, t- and sketches and stuff. And then I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is just so funny. Like, <laughs> like, yes, you. I just want to see a fun girl have sex with himbos in New York. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect casting. Thank you so Thank much. You. It was great chatting with Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good one. TV I say with Ashley Ray. Another episode. And that was our first episode. Did you love it? Did you enjoy it? I hope you did. I hope you laughed. I hope you went, oh, that sounds that sounds like a cool show I'd watch. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Uh, cause that's that's what I'm here for. I wanna make you love TV. Join our TV club. TV, it's better than movies. Come on. But before we go, I want to leave you with a little bit of homework, uh, some things that are coming up that you can watch. If you need some new things, I got premieres for you, uh, some things you might want to catch up on before the finale. Let's get into it. Only Murders in the Building. Uh, That came back. You got a few episodes you can watch on Hulu. Grownish on Freeform and Hulu with a total redo that it's all different. Jump in. If you didn't watch it before, maybe you will like it now with Junior as the lead. Better Call Saul. I don't need to tell you to watch that. Uh, American Horror Stories is coming back with a plot that looks like it will terrify my dreams. Rap shit on HBO Max. Check it out. Watch it. 90 Day UK. 90 Day UK. They're ma- It just came out. 90 Day UK? Yeah. Yeah. We're in. We're watching. 90 Day UK. Let's go. Flatbush Misdemeanors. We're going to have Dan Perlman on soon. And pff, he's so great. The show is so great. Uh, and you're going to want to watch all of it before the finale comes out. In August, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's coming back to HBO Max. Yes. Uh, Tomorrow, Thursday, if you're listening to this when it premieres, which good for you. Really good for you if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, But Harley Quinn is back. So if you didn't watch the other seasons, catch up. And then we also have the physical and loot finales coming up on Apple TV I love this little combo of shows. I think it's just a wonderful range of of just women on TV right now. This woman on physical, the lead, I she is so she's just a perfect anti-hero. I think it's it's really interesting character work. And then in loot, you have Maya Rudolph doing some great things as we talked about. So, you know, catch up on those before their finales. 
And we also have P Valley over at Stars. Don't forget about P Valley. It's so good this season. It is just, I know you're not watching it because it, it, people don't have Stars. So, first of all, I'm going to tell you get a subscription to Stars so you can watch P Valley. Watch this, watch it. <laughs> uh, but if you are already watching it, uh, the finale for that is also coming up. So, you know. Catch up, uh, jump in. I started late. I, it, it's such a like nerve wracking show for me that I can't watch it week to week. I have to let the episodes build up, or I just get so anxious and tense. So I jumped in around episode four, <laughs> uh, which yeah, that could work for you too. Uh, but that is our episode. That is your homework. Gave you some fun things to check out, some old things to check out. You can't say you don't have enough TV to watch because you do. You absolutely do. That has been our first episode of season two of TV I Say with Ashley Ray over at Earwolf. Thanks for joining me. TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of... TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Marina Pais and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. Thanks to my guests, Phoebe Robinson and Solomon Giorgio. They're amazing. Thanks for joining me on my my first episode back. You can follow me on social media at the Ashley Ray on Twitter and at the Ashley Ray with one E on Instagram. And also TV Club has merch at podswag.com. Look out for cute weed accessories. I'm talking dab pens, grinders, rolling trays. Uh, I got t-shirts so you can show everyone that you love TV Club. Uh, I got t-shirts that say justice for the big leap. Everything you need. Tell your friends about the show. Make sure to rate and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. For special TV Club members, join my Patreon. If you want to tell me what to watch, that's the way to do it. Join the Patreon and I will write about whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. I'll watch TV with you if you want. Uh, But you can find my full archive, ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TVISAY, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. For photos, show notes, transcripts, and more, go to earwolf.com. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 